0: Quartz and Canary is truly the place where spirituality meets style. Hello there, Brad Walsher, your host of the Empowerography podcast. Today, my guest is Antonella Cellini. She is the owner and founder of Artsy Baker. How are you doing today, Antonella?
1: I am wonderful. How are you?
0: I'm doing well, thanks. Thank you so much for taking the time to be here today and share a bit about your story and your journey as an entrepreneur. I appreciate you taking the time and I appreciate you being here.
1: Well, thank you so much for having me.
0: And Antonella, as I said, you're the owner and founder of Artsy Baker. How long has Artsy Baker been in business?
1: Um, officially since 2011. However, I did start years ago, uh, years before in my home, just as a pastime. Okay. Mm-hmm.
0: What was the inspiration behind creating and founding Artsy Baker? Where did that inspiration come from?
1: Oh, that's that's a funny one, actually. Uh, growing up, I grew up in, in a European family and all I ever wanted was a chocolate cake and a birthday party. <laughs> and my kids just said absolutely no to chocolate. And um, they said, I see my friends at school, so there's no need for a party. Uh, but when they did get together, it would only have to be with, you know, relatives of their age. And uh-huh. if they did have a cake, it was a Black Forest cake. <laughs> and uh, so I've never, ever, ever had a Black Forest. I've never tried it, nor do I care to make it. That's the only cake we don't make at our
0: bakery. Really?
1: So traumatized by it, yeah. <laughs> Um, so anyways, every year, all I ever wanted was a chocolate cake and, uh, a birthday party and I got neither. So I swore years ago that when I had my own kids, uh, uh, they would be getting all kinds of parties and any cake they wanted. Uh So that's how it all started just being deprived.
0: (laughs) Wow, (laughs) Anti black forest cake. I love it. (laughs) That was my, one of my, my grandmother's, one of her favorite cakes, actually black forest cake. She loved it.
1: And I'm pretty sure it's delicious, but I will never try it. It's just so traumatizing. <laughs> I don't
0: blame you. I mean, being a cake artist is definitely an acquired skill set. So how did you end up becoming a cake artist? Like, how did that evolve into what it is today?
1: Um, this kind of came up by accident, actually. Um, I've always loved dessert. Um, I've always loved art. Um, my parents used to hide paint cans uh, that were lying around the house because they would leave and a wall would be white and they'd come back and it's purple and I would match this on wall. So I've always had a passion for art and a love for dessert. And um, I just one day kind of, um, I created a cake for my niece's birthday and um, it was a 3D roller skate cake and everybody oohed and aahed and I just couldn't understand what the big fascination was. I thought it was so simple and everybody can do it. And from there, just... I loved what I did. I loved using art as a medium. Uh, Sorry, I loved using cake as my art medium. And uh, from there, just kind of kept making cakes, made cakes for about a year or two before I actually uh, started it as a legitimate business.
0: Wow. I mean, that's got to be pretty hard, though, to create art out of food. I can't imagine it's, I mean, it's easy at all.
1: Um. I love it it's something it kind of puts I love doing multiple things at once so the fact that I could do art and I can use food to do that and then it gets eaten instead of just hung up on a wall or thrown away it's just like this weird satisfaction I don't know I guess
0: Do do you have any formal training in cake artistry like did you take any courses or did you just teach yourself
1: I am completely self taught uh, wow. for years i actually uh, I was so embarrassed to tell people um i didn 't think people would actually take me serious uh, so when people would ask me that question, I would just totally divert it I am completely self taught I kind of just like I said had a passion for art love for food and Combine the two, and um, I did it for so long. And I, you know, starting off, I was actually um, doing this with my kids, kind of sitting on the counter or right. breastfeeding, sort of not breastfeeding and making cakes at the same time. I should let everybody uh, Yeah, know let's that. clarify
0: okay. that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but, um, you know, I was being a mom and my husband was the only person working at the time and we didn't have a lot of money. So, you know, I just had to get creative and I would use any tool that I could find. And I would find like a fork, Mm -hmm. a spoon, a knife, a a skewer, a toothpick. And it was amazing what I can actually do with these uh, tools. And it was actually fascinating because I would just, it would boggle my brain as to like, what else I can create, but with so few tools in hand.
0: Was there a lot of wasted food then when you first started out? Like a lot of experiments that end up in the garbage because you weren't happy with how they turned out or you weren't liking the way they were looking?
1: For the most part, no. However, I do remember uh, one in particular, it was my father's birthday cake. And I remember I wanted to do a deck of cards because he played card study. And um, it just wasn't working out. And I made the first cake and then I made the second cake. And I was up till two o'clock in the morning and we we're supposed to be there the following morning at about nine and my husband- turns to me he's like would you stop it now because you're driving yourself crazy uh-huh. I don't know why it's not working out so I looked on my counter and I had two more cakes I just put them together closed my eyes kind of thing and I went you know I'm just gonna let my hand do what it's got to do yeah and it just kind of you know with two cakes that were going in the garbage I was going to go to the local grocery store to pick up a cake I said this sucks I suck I can't even do it I can't even make a simple cake for my father <laughs> anyways totally down on myself but um from there, it ended up, I ended up tapping into something inside me and it just kind of let myself go. And from there, I ended up creating, had two pieces of cake left and I turned it into an open book. And I thought, you know, I've never actually told my father how I really felt about him. Mm-hmm. So I said, I know, maybe that's what I'll do. I'll turn this into an open book and I will just write how I lo- how much I love him, how, how strongly I feel about him, how inspiring he is to me. And that's what I did. And it was probably the most inspirational cake uh, for the entire family and he was in tears when he saw it
0: wow that's amazing what what an amazing story so heartfelt and beautiful (laughs) did you end up ever trying to make a deck of cards again
1: (laughs) I did for other people and it totally (laughs) worked totally worked first time but there have been a few mishaps
0: (laughs) well I guess that just wasn't the cake you were supposed to make for your dad you were supposed to make the book so it worked out the way it was supposed to right I think so Where do you get your inspiration from when creating these incredible works of art that you make?
1: I just love thinking outside the box. Um, Mm -hmm. I love to push myself. I love being challenged. I don't like just the ordinary. It's boring for me. So my brain is always looking for a challenge. And I remember like distinctively in school, you know, they would say to me, well, you know, make sure you think outside the box. And, you know, when I'd come up with a great idea, what I thought was a great idea, they're like, no, but you have to kind of, think outside the box, but within these parameters, and it just drove me crazy. So now it's almost like, I love the challenge of being able to kind of let my mind just go. Uh Uh, When someone asks for, I don't know, like a particular cake, I just automatically (laughs) just go to a crazy direction. And it blows my mind sometimes how crazy my own mind thinks.
0: How much research, if any, goes into when someone comes to you with a design that you've never created before? Because I'm sure you do get customers that come to you, oh, I want this, and you've already done multiple of this before. So how much research, if any, goes into a design when some, someone comes to you with something you've never done before?
1: That happens a lot, actually. Um, I don't watch TV. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do not watch movies. If anything? Wow. Yeah, I'm watching real estate or documentaries, and just I, I've always been like that. So yeah. um, when someone comes to me and they're asking for a particular a cake that depicts a show or a character, <laughs> I'm like, okay, here I go, and fingers start <laughs> typing, and I just instantly try and like fall right into what this is all about. And I put them on hold for about a minute and I just kind of read about it. And I look, I look at the expressions on the character's faces. I just kind of try and get it from as many angles as possible in such a short amount of time. And then I pick something very interesting about it. And um, I normally pick about two or three ideas and then I just bring it, you know, bring the ideas to the customer. And, you know, so far it's been okay Most, (laughs) most times.
0: Have you ever had to say no to someone you just, that's not a design you can, you can achieve.
1: I'm not a big, I'm not a fan of hunting and, I don't say no to cakes because I tell anybody that they can, we can create anything out of cake. It's whatever they would like. So it's kind of almost hypoc- hypocritical if I don't take the cake order. However, I do feel like I have to voice my opinion, which is probably not what the customer wants sometimes. But I uh, remember distinctively there was um, a hunting cake and um, they wanted a deer, a three D deer. It was about three feet big. And Holy. yeah, they wanted a three foot deer, but they wanted the husband actually wanted the deer to have like bullet holes in them with what? blood and, and all of that. Like, it was so gory. And I love gore. Like I love, you know, the mm-hmm. movie, I don't watch movies, but i watch watched the movie saw and I love yeah. it, but I just, you know, hurting an animal animal like that. It's just, it was so unethical. And, um, He said to me, No, you have to put bullet holes and it's gotta have blood and there's a rifle. And I I thought to myself, No, you know what? I there's no way that this is even gonna turn out. I can't even look at this poor deer. Yeah. So um I told him um I could make him a cake so long as (laughs) I have full um um I can basically creative control. I have total creative control (laughs) for what it's gonna look like. So there was absolutely no blood. It was a beautiful dough just sitting um, with some leaves around, just such a pretty thing. I did at the end, which I I was kind of contemplating, but I know he really wanted it. I put a a bullseye, uh, but I let the wife actually put it on at the home. I didn't actually put it on. Right, right.
0: A three-foot cake. Holy, how long did that take to make?
1: Um, now, probably a good four hours.
0: Wow. That's amazing. Oh, thank you when did you decide that you wanted to turn your love for baking and making cakes into a business? How did that come about?
1: I remember I started out uh, just like I said, at home as a pastime and I Uh would make for anybody and everybody. And my husband would come home and, you know, after a year or two of doing this and hundreds of cakes later say, Hey, okay, look, everything I'm making is literally going to pay all your cake (laughs) (laughs) because you need to start charging for it. And I thought, okay, I'm going to get this done. But how do I do this? Because I was just making cakes for friends and family. Uh Uh, But then shortly after I had a phone call and someone asked me for a cake and I didn't actually know this person. And they weren't a friend of a friend. Right. From there, I thought, okay, well, maybe I am doing something good. So from there, we ended up renovating our kitchen to accommodate you know, our family uh, with two small kids plus working, and making cakes. Mm-hmm. And uh, officially in, well, then we we actually renovated the basement. And it was a full-size kitchen, rolling racks and everything. Uh, but when my kids, my little one uh, was off to kindergarten, I thought, okay, they're off. So am I. And the first day they went to kindergarten, I opened up my business. Um, I leased out wow. a unit. And we all went out at the same time. Yeah. 2011. <laughs>
0: what is the most exciting part of your job your business
1: by far uh the people that i have met well the people that i encounter and work with every single day are by far the most fascinating people um they're so incredibly inspiring Mm -hmm. um i meet all different types of people from all different parts of the world we get orders from uh Israel. So we get Israel, uh, we get orders from Costa Rica, not to send cakes over, but they'll order for uh, maybe friends or family that live locally. Uh Um, And it's just fascinating just to know their story. And, you know, the thing with me is I love the cakes, but I just, I love the conversation. I love just learning about people. Uh Um, It's just, it's really fascinating.
0: Yeah. What would you say is the toughest part of your job or your business?
1: It used to be trying to find balance between work and motherhood. Mm -hmm. That was, that was a really big one. I still, you know, once in a while struggle with that right now. Uh, But right Right. now I'd probably say maintaining, um, just maintaining the reputation and standard that I've built so many years that I've uh, spent so many years building. Yeah. When I was working on my own, I kind of had full control over every aspect of every order as an example, because it was just me. I would bake it. I would, I would deliver it. And then, you know, we got, I was blessed to uh, be able to grow the business and hire staff, which are amazing. But my focus is on so many things now. And that's the only way that I can actually move forward. Uh, But I do try my best just to make sure that I'm always looking over every order because I really, really, really do take this personal. Um, I look at this whole business as though, like, even though I'm providing to customers, I'm also a customer.
0: Yeah
1: you know, so I buy other goods, I might not buy cakes, but I buy other goods. And I really just want to exceed people's expectations all the time. I'm just a people pleaser when it comes to just giving them something really special, especially when they've, you know, they've had, like, they've earned uh, money, and they could have chosen to spend it anywhere, but they've Uh chosen us. It's really blessed. It's a blessing.
0: Well, I mean, this is your name on the business. So I mean, you have to uphold a certain standard for sure.
1: Oh, most definitely. And I know a lot of companies are always trying to get new business and, you know, trying to get new clients and making sure that the new clients are satisfied. And with me, I'm, I do that, yes, but my focus is more on the existing customers. Right. You know, these are customers that we've had. I've had since, you know, I was working at home with my kids in 2003 and, you know, they're still, you know, getting cakes and, and other desserts from me. So for me, I feel so blessed because I wouldn't be where I am unless you know, they believed in me the way they did. So for me, my focus is really trying to um, keep uh, existing customers as happy and content as possible.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that's an incredibly important part of being an entrepreneur is providing a certain level of experience and service to your clients, because without them, you'd be nowhere.
1: Yeah, and I think a lot of people, a lot of people fail to realize that it's almost like, the big phone companies, you know, I remember yeah. when I was, I was trying to uh, negotiate new contract for my phone and I've been with one particular company since 1996. And I remember them saying, well, if you were coming from another company, we would give you three months free, we'd give you a phone, we'd give you this and give you that. And I thought, well, hold on. It's year 2020. Well, this was last year. Yeah. I've been with you since 1996. Please don't let me do the math right now. <laughs>
0: and, uh, <laughs> 24 years. <laughs>
1: I know. I was just I was just I know, I know you knew. But um I thought to myself, this is crazy. Like how can I be getting a better rate if I was just jumping from, you know, um company to company as opposed to just satisfying me as a loyal customer, like you have screwed me over bill after bill. Yeah. And I'm still here. And you know, how about me? And I remember thinking that and going, these guys have it all last backwards. They do. Yeah
0: loyalty loyalty doesn't get rewarded of course it should absolutely it should if someone's given you their hard-earned money for that many years and you're willing to give someone else who's just jumped ship from another company a better deal that that makes it is you're right it's ass backwards 100
1: well because those people will jump ship and go to another company that's right they're constantly hopping 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 And um, something to be said about people that are just loyal. Like you said, loyalty is never really rewarded.
0: Yeah, for sure. So where did the name come from for the business? How'd you come up with that?
1: (laughs) Oh, that's a funny one. Based on the local, you would probably never believe it. But um, I I met a lady years ago and uh, she had a local magazine in the area. And I thought, hmm, I wonder what it would be like since I'm making cakes, if I could put an ad in the magazine. Mm-hmm. so I called her up and she said yeah for sure oddly enough the deadline for the magazine it's going into print and in, I think it was 24 48 hours mm-hmm. uh, just send us over all the details and I went okay so she sent me a form to fill up and she put name of company and I went oh oh wow oh shit <laughs> <laughs> oh, excuse me so um that night I was I remember distinctively lying in bed and I thought, okay, so what can I actually name myself? So I wrote, okay, Baker, Mrs. Baker. I thought, well, everybody believes in old grandma, uh-huh. right? So I picture this lady in like this hairnet, you know, this like plump little lady delivering yeah. a whole pie that's still steaming from the oven. And I thought, okay, Mrs. Baker. And I went, hold on a second. So as I was just looking, I came across a cartoon character and I think she was holding a bag. And I went, wow, she looks pretty sassy. And I thought, oh my God, there it is. I go, I could actually, I'm artsy. We can call her artsy baker. So even if she's a grandma, she's still yeah. this artsy. But then when I saw this logo, I thought, hold on a second. What, well, I thought, I saw a picture. I thought, why not make that my logo? And it was a sassy young girl holding a designer bag. And I thought, well, I make designer bags out of cake all the time. uh uh-huh. So that's what I did. And I decided to say, call it Artsy Baker, but it wasn't like a 90 year old grandma. It was actually (laughs) a sassy young girl. And that's how it all came about.
0: Very cool. Did you get the ad in in time and get it up in the magazine?
1: I got the ad in in time. Yeah, that was actually interesting. Yeah.
0: Good. So Antonella, you actually ended up creating your very own brand of fondant, fabulous fondant. sold in grocery store chains across Canada. Can you talk a bit about that experience and how it all came to be?
1: Yeah, of course. While I was working in my basement, uh, making cakes, I was making quite a few cakes. And I noticed that some of the products that I was was using at the time uh, were just kind of, they weren't up to par, uh, or they weren't up to my standards. And I I just remember saying to myself, geez, there's got to be a better product out there. And I couldn't find it. So I figured I would create my own. So, you know, as I was working, I created um, a brand of fondant called Fabulous Fondant. And it really was amazing. It's just a really great product to work with. And I loved it so much that uh, I would be a mom during the day, make my cakes at night. And my kids would nap. I remember just I remember just calling um, all these grocery stores. I would dial any extension, just hoping somebody would answer. Mm -hmm. And um, I remember speaking to someone at Metro Uh and uh, they, they agreed to have me in for um, a little meeting. So I brought my little rolling pin and fondant and um, he gave me an opportunity. He said, Hey, you know, um, you came in here with your little rolling pin. He goes, you blew my (laughs) mind. It's a great product, probably a little too early for its time in grocery stores. Uh, But he goes, yeah, you can go ahead and supply all of Metro. He goes, are you capable? And I looked at him and I said,
0: absolutely. Right then and there.
1: Right there and there. Yeah, right there, man. And then uh, he goes, can you supply all of Metro? And I said, yeah, of course. And I up, oh, shit. Why did you say that? You're working out of a little mixer. You don't even know what it's like. And then I thought to myself, say yes, figure it out later. Say yeah. yes, figure it out later. And that's what I did. And um, so, yeah, the, from Metro, we ended up, uh, we were actually the first to be in grocery stores across Canada. So from Metro, it ended up going into Longo's for um, all these subsidiaries of, uh, Loblaws, Wow! Uh, no Frills, Superstore. Yeah. all That's across incredible. Canada. Yeah. So that was pretty interesting. <laughs> yeah, it was fascinating to know what like a few persistent phone calls can do.
0: There you go. It just shows that persistence definitely pays off.
1: Yeah. Or it makes it, people really nervous. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Is fondant that easy to make? Like do, do most cake makers that you know of make their own fondant or do they buy it?
1: From my understanding a lot of people will buy it. Um there uh-huh. are different recipes which people can make at home. They're actually quite easy. And I would highly recommend doing that even with your kids at home if you if you need something to do. But most people will buy it, especially huh. if you're making a larger uh large quantity of cakes. Sit and make it takes a lot of time of course. Yeah, but I think it's it's a, it's a personal choice.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Now you've also dabbled in producing reality TV for Rogers TV. You produced a show called the Artsy Baker show. How did that opportunity come about and how was the experience for that for you?
1: I love that. That was probably one of my favorite things. Um, people have always asked me how long it took to make a cake. Have I ever made a cake fall? And I thought, well, maybe I can. I figured I'd give people just a little, you know, look at what it's actually like making a cake from like the whole design concept to prepping, decorating. Um, and by far the hardest part would be delivering a cake. Um, so we did that and um, we were the first reality show for Rogers. And we did one episode uh, with uh, Prince Andrew, who was coming here to deliver a guidon, which is a flag for uh, Queens York Rangers in Aurora. Mm-hmm. And um, it, it was just, I wasn't sure how people would react, but it was like an honest uh, look at what it's like. Um, Cause a lot of people think that this whole Cape life is fascinating and it takes about four and a half minutes to create this big sculpture, but there's so much prep work and yeah, yeah, it's quite grueling. And by far, like I said, the delivery uh, is, is probably (laughs) the most difficult part.
0: So Um, was that just a one-off thing then?
1: We did six episodes, and okay. um, we were gonna. Uh, we were asked to renew uh, for another six episodes. But at that time, uh, Rogers had come to us and said, "Well, if you've got a we're, uh, we'd be happy to get you another six episodes, but we'd have to change the name from the Artsy Baker to some other name that's not affiliated with your brand, because apparently there was a, a local restaurant. They had named one of the shows after a local restaurant. The local restaurant went under." And now they kind of felt like that they had a bad rap. So I went, well, we're not going to go under. Uh, We called the artsy baker. um, And people already know us as this. And I I just refused to do that. So yeah, yeah, I had to kind of, yeah, some people would, you know, agree and some people would disagree, but I really felt like it was important to just continue that on.
0: No, I would agree with you. I think that's important. That's your company brand. That's your name. That's, that's what you are. That's who you are. Why would you change that? Yeah. So, in addition to this show, you've made quite a few appearances on TV networks like HGTV, the Food Network, Slice TV, City Line. What was your very first TV appearance experience like for you, and which show was your first? I can't
1: remember if it was. Well, I've been on House of Brian HGTV. I think we made an appearance on that. Mm-hmm. But prior to that, I was actually on an invention show. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah called backyard inventors and uh, myself and my husband created this uh this cool rain barrel and uh that was interesting that was um so fascinating but my first like cake experience was on rogers um daytime television so on thursdays i would show up with uh some cake rolling pins some fondant buttercream and i would work away and um i actually feel like I can kind of tap into my inner quirkiness on camera. Yeah. So, yeah, I ended up being a regular guest for Rogers Daytime.
0: Yeah. And
1: yeah, that was really, really fun. Do
0: you enjoy doing the TV appearances?
1: I love it. For some yeah. strange reason, I just, I'm really shy one on one. But if you put me in front of a crowd of 5,000 people, I just, this inner beast comes out. <laughs> And yeah, it's the strangest, weirdest thing. Wow. And if you put me on camera, all of a sudden I get really quirky and funny and weird. And I I don't know.
0: You turn <laughs> into a different Antonella.
1: <laughs> I think I turn into Antonella because when I <laughs> just one on one, I'm kind of like so
0: reserved. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's funny. You've also created some masterpiece cakes for some pretty famous names. Do you remember who the first person of influence was that you created one of your cakes for? And how did that all come about? And how did it get feel to get contacted to to create a cake for someone famous the first time?
1: I remember one time we, we were contacted by Cirque du Soleil uh, to do uh, the opening show, cake for the opening show. Um, so that was really, really interesting. And we only had two days to create a cake for 2,400 people. Wow. Yeah. So that was even more interesting. There wasn't much time to think about anything at that point. Um, but I think one of the most fascinating, let's see, I, th- I think it was Trish Stratus, only because like I knew Trish, she she lives locally. But I have been a huge fan of WWE of wrestling, <laughs> and like I said, I don't watch TV. But yeah. growing up, since as little as I remember, I um I was always a super fan of wrestling, and I always wanted to meet. Uh, Vince McMahon or meet the wrestlers. I always wanted to be a wrestler, actually. Right. So the fact that she contacted me through another customer of ours and asked me to make her son Max's birthday, that was really fascinating. So I actually felt like I was part of the WWE. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, that's awesome.
1: Yeah. She's really nice. You had
0: to make a cake for 2,400 people.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Wow.
0: I, I can't even. It was imagine.
1: a mix of cake and cupcakes at the time.
0: Wow. That's insane. Yeah. You also have a line of gourmet donuts that you've created. Can you talk a bit about decked out donuts and how that all came to be?
1: Uh, Years ago. Well, my older son doesn't eat cake. He won't eat cake. He doesn't eat sugar. And I thought, geez, you're not normal kid. (laughs) Uh, So um, he would eat one cake though. It was so strange when customers would see me at a grocery store buying a Duncan Hines lemon cake. They thought (laughs) I used that for their cakes, but Um, so besides that, he wouldn't eat cake. So I remember for his birthday, he was just determined not to have cake. And I thought, geez, I never got a cake for my birthday. You're going to get a cake. (laughs) And that was just force feeding this poor kid. (laughs) And, um, so I knew he liked donuts. Yeah. I remember he tried a donut. So I figured, let me just do a pile of donuts for his birthday, throw some candles on there. And he absolutely loved it. His friends loved it. Um, and then, you know. Before I knew it, all his friends wanted the same thing and their moms were calling me saying, oh, that was a great idea, a great idea you did for your son. Can you make it for mine? There's no cake cutting and all these crazy benefits. So yeah, that's how the donuts came about. Oh,
0: okay. We should also mention that Artsy Baker is a nut-free facility, kosher establishment, and have gluten-free, dairy-free, egg-free, and vegan options. When did you decide to create these offerings for your clients? And are these options more labor-intensive for you to make?
1: Yeah, they're definitely, I mean, it's basically starting from scratch with each batch uh, that you make of cake or uh, whatever product. But as a mom, I really, I always felt bad. I remember going to birthday parties and always seeing that one or two kids, their parents were bringing them a little something at the birthday party. You know, they always had this little piece of cake or a little dessert because they couldn't eat what everyone else was eating. And I thought, you know, my whole goal was just to make kids happy and to create an awesome cake for kids. And I thought, well, why not just go a step further and create a cake that everybody, well, most everybody can eat. So I looked at the most common allergens, one of which amongst kids was nuts. Mm -hmm. And I thought, you know, since I'm, when I moved into uh, my first bakery, I said, well, you know, this place is going to be nut free. And it was insane trying to source product, and, you know, so many different things. Um, But I really wanted kids to feel like they were part of something, not just invited and then isolated. Yeah. Um, So from there, um, I started noticing because we started making cakes and other desserts for the school board. And there were a lot of other allergens that were kind of coming about. So it was like the egg, uh, dairy, um, a big one was mustard seed, uh, sesame. So we don't, I mean, it's not air on a dish. That's not what we make. However, (laughs) So now our facility, we accommodate people that have uh, egg allergies, uh, dairy allergies, um, people that are sensitive to gluten, people that are vegan. So, so many different variations. And, you know, it's important to accommodate these people.
0: For sure. How many people do you have working with for you at Artsy Baker now? And you have a storefront, I'm assuming, where people can drop in to check out all your baked goodies and purchase them?
1: Uh, yeah, we have a storefront in Aurora, and we currently have 10 people working for us. They're a mix of decorators and bakers, um, and they're all amazing, uh, all different age groups. It's, I'm just so blessed to be working along spe- people who have such a passion uh, for food and for making other people happy.
0: Where in Aurora can people go to your place?
1: Uh, We're located at 255 Industrial Parkway South in Aurora. We are open for pickup, of course, under the circumstances. uh, Right now, we're just open for takeout and delivery as well.
0: There you go, folks. Rush out to Aurora and check out the Artsy Baker. And Tanala, what do you think your unique skill set or superpower is that's helped you become successful?
1: Oh, you know, I really am driven. I'm hungry. I'm constantly driven. I love challenges. I love change. I always want to do more and achieve more, and I'm really, really hard on myself. So, being driven, I would say, would be my unique skill set.
0: Speaking of success, how do you define that word? What does that word mean to you?
1: I've had this question asked a lot of times, and it's amazing how so many people define success by money, it's yeah. monetary things. And, you know, I have a family member who has made millions, a self made millionaire great human being. Unfortunately, he's passed Uh, one of my biggest idols. And yeah, um, he was my uncle. And um, it's amazing. And I saw what he did. Um, He built this lavish lifestyle, just an amazing human being, but then was gone and left with, you know, three kids and a wife. And I thought to myself, wow, you know, at that point, I remember money helps money means a lot, but it's not everything. So I truly define uh, success by, I don't know, finding purpose, like finding we're all here for a reason is my belief. And when yeah. you find your purpose and you feel good um, for me, doing something that I enjoy by making a positive impact on people's lives is my definition of success.
0: Um, it. I would yeah. agree 100%. What are some of the challenges you faced early on with your business and how did you overcome them?
1: Finding um, adequate staff was always a big thing. Mm. Just having, I think having people believe in my dream was a big thing. Um, I always wanted people to just see what I saw. And it just, you know, at one point I had to realize that that was my dream and it wasn't their dream. Um, And once I was okay with that, it wasn't as much of a burden. Okay.
0: To date, what would you say is your biggest hire, or your greatest win?
1: I'd say being able to run a business while balancing just motherhood, um, especially when everybody said that it was impossible. I was told that I had to choose which one was most important to me, and they both were important for different reasons. Right. Uh, the fact that I just kind of went in my own direction and decided to conquer both that's 100% one of my biggest
0: wins. Good for you. I'm glad you decided to do that. So many people try to say you can't have it all and you got to choose. That, that's the most ridiculous thing ever. Yep. Where there's a will, there's a way you can do it. Obviously you've, you've proven that. Oh, thank you. What makes you feel inspired or like your best self?
1: Definitely my kids. Um, I've got two amazing boys. They're uh, 17 and 16. They truly are amazing human beings. I genuinely I know it sounds so stupid, but I genuinely, like, I like them as people. They're relentless. They're confident. They're smart. When I look at them, I'm so proud because I knew that I, like, I, I now realize I had something to do with that. And, you know, one of the biggest compliments I've ever gotten was when they told me that, you know, I inspired them and I thought, wow, this is pretty crazy because they're constantly inspiring me to do better. So yeah, definitely my kids.
0: Amazing. I love that. What advice would you give someone wanting to pursue a career similar to yours?
1: Anything people need to, like are interested in pursuing, especially right now, I find um, amongst people who want to make a change in their life, whether it's COVID, uh, whatever the situation is, just honestly do it. I mean, move, you're not a tree. Um, And I know it sounds harsh. It doesn't, it's not intended to be harsh, but you know, it's better to fail trying than, you know, to never have tried at all. It really is. I mean, through this whole journey, you know, we're going to fail, we're going to fail. We're never going to be perfect because there's no such thing as perfection. But, you know, if you're going to fall, you might as well fall forward instead of falling back because it's just going to take you longer to get up and move forward. So, you know, I think it's just really important to just do it. The longer we spend time dreaming about stuff, time is passing. We're not getting any younger. And, you know, life is not waiting for us to make a decision like that.
0: For sure. I mean, when you, failure is all part of the process. It's part of learning. And as long as when you fall, you get back up again and try again, then, then that's, that's it right there. That's, that's the key. And that's
1: what makes you grow.
0: I think not getting back up is failure.
1: Oh, absolutely. I agree with you 100%. I just I think people look at failure as a fall, an end, you know, hit a brick yeah. wall, you're done, you're dead. And you know, failure can do two things. It can make you drive forward and mm-hmm. make you more eager to get more, do more, or it can make you sit and sulk and put you in a state that is probably going to be the most negative. state you'll ever find yourself in. And especially if you you're a female, and you have a family, it's really going to impact everybody around you, it's going to impact your children, if you're married, your husband or wife, or it's going to impact friends and family. And it's just really important to believe in yourself and value yourself enough, trust yourself enough to just go forward, just keep going. And, you know, you could never You can never tell what's going to happen tomorrow or any second of the day. So just might as well try and when something kind of when there's an obstacle, just face it, you know, deal with it and keep moving forward. Just because there's an obstacle doesn't mean you have to fall.
0: I think the worst thing would be to not try that. That's failure is is not trying, not even getting out of the starting gate. I mean, you don't want to be five years down the road saying, looking back and saying, shit, I should have tried that five years ago when I was thinking about it now we're five years ahead and not to say that it's that it's too late but think of how much further ahead you would have been had you started that five years previous
1: yes and I mean I I guess you could relate I mean once you're I remember when I was 17 years old I thought I was 50 years old I felt like oh my gosh I need to know what the hell I need to do yeah putting so much pressure on myself yeah and you know the day every time we wait and we say you know, maybe next Monday, whether it's either starting a diet, you know, just anything to better yourself, opening up a business, it doesn't matter what it is. But when you make an, a decision to do something, I feel it's just better to start it that second. Why are we waiting for a particular time? Why are we waiting for a date? Yeah. You know, um, just start it, prep it, do whatever it is to get you further. Uh, because in two years, five years from now, you'll be thankful that you actually did because now you're two to five years ahead That's instead right. of starting right at the bottom.
0: There there never will be a perfect time. Just to, And I hear people say that this isn't the right time. The timing's not right. and There never will be a perfect time. There never will be a right time. So just do it.
1: Well, exactly. And I hear that a lot about vacation. Mind you, right now, I'm really <laughs>
0: wanting <laughs> yes. to. Vacation.
1: I'm sure a lot of people are. But I've met a few people that have said, Oh, vacation? Uh, no, I can't go until I um, I have some extra money, until I have some extra time. I have to finish working. Um, you know, work's really busy. I can't leave. And I've heard it a lot where people ask me, well, you know, you're self-employed. How do you go on vacation? Who's managing? What are you doing? And I thought to myself, like, how can you not? Yeah. I need this vacation for me to uh, be able to restart, yeah. uh, reset. And there's never that right time. You'll never have that perfect amount of money. Or if you do, you know, that's great. But we're always looking for, you know, more money, more time. It's always that perfect everything. And sometimes it's just a matter of really doing it now. Something it just makes it it's so liberating to just yeah. be able to make a big decision like that.
0: You know what? Those are all excuses. I believe <laughs> that's, so. that's all it is.
1: Oh, Yes. And some people have said that I'm a little harsh when it comes to that, but it really is an excuse. If you want it, go do it. And I tell my kids that. And I know it may sound a little harsh, but you know, there's the doers and the dreamers. And you can sit there and dream while other people do, and then you can put them down for doing, you know, because they had the balls, excuse my language. No, that's you're right. You know, they had the guts to go ahead and do something. And you know, so many females, especially that I know, have taken the opportunity to do something that they were so passionate about and they put so much effort into it. And all of a sudden they get, they get to a particular stature yeah. and it's amazing where everybody around them, when they were on a different level are now looking at them going, Oh, look at her. She thinks she's all that. Yeah, And you know, it's so easy to judge and so much harder to actually do.
0: That's right. No, I think that's great that you, that you instill and push those values on your kids. I think more parents need to do that with their children from a young age so that they just grow up knowing and it's just embedded in them that, hey, you know what, if I want something, I got to just do it.
1: Yeah, and it's so easy to smother our children. Like, I'm, I'm culprit of that, too. But there's something to be said. You know, my goal as a mom, for instance, is as much as I would love my kids to live with me forever, um, is to give them wings to fly. You know, yeah. our job as parents is to provide opportunity, yeah. is just give them the necessities of life and just give them opportunity to grow, to learn, to feel, and you know, hopefully one day they can stand on their own. And that's what I tell them. You know, I'm putting so much work and effort, which I absolutely love, every single day. And just seeing these human beings grow the way they are just makes me so happy. And it also makes me happy knowing that one day <laughs> when they're raising their own families. I don't have to worry. I don't have to worry about them, you know, just being a bunch of jackasses and (laughs) unemployed losers. I don't want to be raising losers. I want to be raising confident, strong-minded young men who will eventually pass on these great qualities to their children, you know, because the last thing I want as a parent is is to actually work so hard. And then all of a sudden show up one day and go, Hey kids, look, I've made all this money. I uh, look at this beautiful house. And all of a sudden I've got two jackasses running around. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people have asked me, you know, why haven't you done more? Why haven't you taken on this opportunity? And I have no trouble saying to them because my ultimate goal is to be a mom. And if I could be a great mom and I could raise my kids, I could raise healthy, confident children then I've done my job in this world and these kids can go off and live. You know, the last thing I want is to go and work my whole life and all of a sudden show up and go, hey, kids, remember me? Remember that girl that left a couple of years yeah. ago to build a business?
0: Yeah, that's right. I think that's key to raise happy, healthy kids That's and, and kids who are driven and want to succeed in life. That's so important.
1: Yeah, I find, I mean, they are our future and um, I think it's really important for them to be inspired, not by um, some sort of character on a television show, yeah. but why not be inspired by the person that lives in their home? That's that right. They see every day that truly loves them.
0: That's right. Well, look, you are a living example that you can have it all. You can have the family. You can have a successful business. It's, it's your living proof right there. You're, you're the prime example for your kids. Thank you. And so now what would you say is one of the most important things you've learned in your life and what was your life like before learning it? And what was your life like after learning it?
1: This is a big one. Actually, I think, um, basically just working hard. Um, Mm -hmm. just having gratitude, working hard, but just remembering to have fun along the way. Okay that was a big thing because uh, I can engulf myself and totally like drown myself with work. Yeah. Uh, but just remembering that it's really important to make a life uh, for yourself while you're trying to make a living.
0: What was your dream job as a child?
1: <laughs> I was going to WWE star, <laughs> <laughs> a wrestler, <laughs> a wrestler, um, police officer for a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wanted to be Oprah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> wow.
1: I wanted to be Oprah. I'm okay. like, wow, that'd be so cool. I could be standing next to Oprah and I'd be like Oprah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Okay. We're going to do a little rapid fire section of questions okay. here now. So just one, two, three word answer type things. Okay. Yeah. How would you describe yourself in one word? We're driven. Money or fame.
1: Fame for, I don't know. I, I don't know. It's so half and half. <laughs> okay,
0: Early bird or night owl?
1: Oh, definitely early bird. I'm eager to get my day started. I need to feel accomplished.
0: If you were writing your autobiography, what would the title be?
1: Success is my only option.
0: I love that. If you could eat only one food for the rest of your life, what would it be?
1: <laughs> Crunchy watermelon. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what is one thing you've always wanted to do in life, but never have?
1: Skydiving. Terrified of heights.
0: If you came with a warning label, what would yours say?
1: Relentless.
0: If you could teach the world one thing, what would that be?
1: Just keep it real.
0: What's one thing you want but cannot buy with money?
1: Just a button to slow down life, just because it's moving way too fast.
0: Yeah. Entrepreneur life is?
1: An adventurous lifestyle.
0: My favorite way to unwind is?
1: By learning, something new, reading.
0: If you could change one thing about the world, what would you change?
1: Um, that people would be just a little bit more accepting of one another.
0: And last one for the rapid fire. If you had a theme song that played every time you walked into a room, what song would that be?
1: Lose Yourself by Eminem. Okay.
0: What's the most recent investment you've made in yourself?
1: Uh, just getting back into... Uh, uh, yoga, actually my health.
0: Okay. What is your personal motto?
1: You can't control how people treat you. The only thing you can control is how you react. And that's a really big one.
0: I love that one. That one's great. Mm -hmm. What would you say is one of your biggest failures or teachable moments? And what did you learn from that Antonella?
1: Just expecting of people, um, expecting, you know, I remember one day someone I was walking through a door, she didn't hold the door for me and I got so upset. I went, wow, she should be holding the door. And I thought to myself, Well, if I wasn't expecting her to hold the door, then I wouldn't have gotten upset. So yeah.
0: Very wise. I like that. Mm-hmm. If you could step into my shoes, what would you have asked yourself that I didn't ask you?
1: Uh do you actually like yourself as a person?
0: Okay. Do you actually like yourself as a person?
1: This is so bad, but I love myself.
0: <laughs> <laughs> There's not that's not bad at all. I think that's great. Oh.
1: I I honestly just really like myself.
0: That's important. Again, this is yet another thing that we need to instill in and, and teach our kids so that it just becomes part of their DNA, part of who they are, that they just grow up loving themselves. Think of how much better a place the world would be if we taught our children or if kids were taught from a young age to love themselves.
1: Yeah, it really I believe everything starts at home Yeah. and I really feel uh, once a child, I mean, we were all children at one point yeah. and that children will all be our age at, you know, at a later date. But I believe that when a child is filled with love, it's just spoiled rotten with love.
0: Yeah,
1: uh, I feel that it does something to them. Um, it just, it creates a, just a super being and it creates just an empathetic, sympathetic strong-minded, confident individual who will actually move forward and do good things in the world. And I think if most people just focused on loving their child and giving that child what that child needs, not what their next neighbor's child needs, focusing on what the needs of that particular child is, I, I feel like we'd be growing a really strong society and the next generation uh, would just flourish.
0: I, I agree 100%. That's, that's exactly what's needed. The world would be so much better off if, if we all took part in and, and did that for our children. If you could go back and give your younger self one piece of advice, what would that piece of advice be?
1: It's something that I, I say to myself all the time. It's the only thing stopping you is you. Fear can only do two things. Everyone's scared, but fear can either make you move forward or make you move back. Fear moves you. You just have to decide in the direction you're going to go.
0: But that mindset piece is very hard to, to adapt and and put into practice. It's not an easy thing to do.
1: No, it's not. But, you know, like anything, um, it needs practice. I mean, you know, you've got a garden. You know, if you love your flowers today and hate them tomorrow, today you, you'll water them tomorrow, you just leave them. But, you know, if you just constantly keep an open mind, just love yourself enough every day do things be kind to yourselves like so many women are not kind to themselves it's so easy for us to say oh look we're fat oh look at my nose look at this and how about look at my nose it gives me character wow i'm a little plump but man i look great you know how about just being kinder to ourselves feeding our body um it's amazing the other day i heard someone saying you know some someone will go through a drive through a fast food drive through and never ask what the ingredients are however um, you give them like this new flaxseed bread or something. Yeah. And they're like all over the ingredients, you uh, know, and they're, they're questioning everything in there. I'm thinking, what a stupid thing. Um, but how about just being kinder to ourselves? How about just treating ourselves with respect? Because so many of us are so, so like, in, engaged in how we're so worried about how we treat other people, mm-hmm. and making sure other people look at us a certain way. But how about how we look at ourselves. And I don't think a lot of women actually stop and do that because as females, we're normally giving, giving to either husbands or friends or parents or children or work. And we forget about ourselves through all of this. And sometimes when there's that little bit left, and I know we've all gone through this, I've gone through this multiple times. I almost feel guilty taking it for myself, mm-hmm. um, but just loving ourselves. I think that is just, enjoying and appreciating yourself as a being
0: that's yeah I would agree we all need everything absolutely everything starts with self and then it just emanates outward It's, it's it's not again it's not an easy thing to do but it's I think it's a necessary thing to do in order to have a healthy happy life
1: yeah it all starts with that for sure
0: Lastly, Antonella, if you were to deliver your last 30-second speech to the world, what would that last 30 seconds sound like?
1: Mm -hmm. That's a good one. So I feel both blessed and honored uh, to have found my purpose in life. My children have taught me so much more than I will ever in my lifetime be able to teach them. I have spent my entire life on a mission to build an empire. And now I hope I've been able to leave a legacy. Uh, Just remember to live, laugh, and love.
0: I love it. Beautiful, and Tanella, thank you so much for taking the time to be here today and share your story and your journey. It's been an absolute pleasure chatting with you, and such an inspiration. Just listening to your story and and your your thought process and how you see the world, and it's just you are you are a true inspiration. I, oh, I-
1: thank you so much, so much. Thank you so much for having me
0: it's it's honestly it's been my pleasure the honor and pleasure has been mine and uh I so appreciate you and thank you so much for being part of the Empowerography community and and being here and sharing your story
1: oh I'm honored to be part of this this is such um a great thing that you're doing especially you know if I can turn it a bit and you're you're a male and representing females and empowering females that's that's pretty big of you and uh kudos to you we need more people like this
0: thank you Antonella once again, my name is Brad Walsh, host of your Empowerography podcast. Today, my guest has been Antonella Salini. She is the owner and founder of Artsy Baker. Thank you so much, Antonella. I hope you have an amazing rest of the day. Thank you. Thank you very much for listening to this podcast. If you haven't yet, please be sure to subscribe, rate, review, and share with all your friends. You can find me at visuphoria.ca, follow me on Instagram at Empowerography Podcast and on Facebook at Empowerography. Please join me next time for another inspirational story from yet another amazing woman.